This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. All right, everyone. What's good? Welcome to Docs Outside the Box. We got a very excited and enthusiastic guest on the show. Um, We got Theo Jones, who is a certified nurse practitioner. Um, I don't think we've ever had a someone who is not either a medical student or a doctor on the show to speak about what they do clinically and how um, financially lucrative it can make a lot of sense for doctors. So listen, man, hey, you breaking ground, you breaking, you breaking a whole bunch of different traditions on the show. So Theo Jones, welcome to Docs Outside the Box. Hey man, this is honestly this is why they call it docs outside the box because we go outside the traditional realm. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we outside the box here. This is this is rare air. I feel like I'm stepping in the doctor's lounge for the first time after I, uh, <laughs> you know, got my credentials at the hospital. You know, well, you know, your ID works. It gets you into the surgeon's lounge. You know, what I'm saying you get some uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some some uh, some cereal because that's all we get in nowadays. It's not like the old yeah. days where they get like a five course meal in the surgeon's well, lounge. You know, like a bit of Nespresso, you know, something hey. that I keep going for the rest of the day when I get through rounds. <laughs> hey, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. I love well, listen, it. Well, listen, Theo, Theo, um, so you are a nurse practitioner. You work in Baltimore and you have a concierge service. Um, before we jump into what we're going to specifically talk about, which is IV hydration and why sure. that is mad lucrative. And this is something that we all need to be considering. Why don't you do yeah. a quick introduction of yourself? Let us know who you are. Sure. Yes. My name is Theo Jones. I'm a board certified family nurse practitioner. So my my focus was family practice. Um, I run Weekend White Coat Concierge and Weekend White Coat Concierge, what it is, is a a concierge medicine practice. So we do uh, primary care, urgent care, uh, house calls. Uh, I have the Weekend White Coat app that patients can just literally download from like the Apple store and the Android store. It's a housemate EMR that I had worked up just so I can specifically be in touch with my patients. So it's no open source. It's like no other like third party EHR. It's all in-house. So I'm really proud of that. Once they log in there, they can do text consults, video consults, anything of that nature. Um, so it's different levels of the concierge service. So the concierge, it's like executive level and then it's like a goal access. So executive level patients, they get my personal number. They can reach me anytime. Uh, goal level, we all like interactions are through the main line. They can just text the main line <laughs> or they'll get, uh, or they'll, they'll get just reach me through the app. So that's perfect too. So, uh, the concierge service, I started this in like 2018, right? This is like back when, uh, telemedicine wasn't as huge as it was. And I was just finishing up with my program and, uh, Maryland's a full practice state. So it's not one of those states where I have to have a collaborating physician to do my, my job. So, uh, at the time I had just finished a pain management fellowship. I was, uh, I was doing the training at Georgetown and, uh, my last day there, I left in April and I went to Franklin square here in Baltimore and that same day, my first day in office here in Baltimore, I opened my own practice and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't beautiful. It was just, you know, 20 bucks a month, unlimited telemedicine and a few people bit. And from there, I started to grow it. I grew it into packages, subscriptions. Um, I added more services. 
And one of the more popular services just happened to be IV hydration um, into the mix. So it's no office. So this is like a really cool kind of like lean practice, right? So so, so let, let me ask you, okay, because, <clears throat> you know, the when I was, man, I'd have to say at least 10 years ago, I just remember going to Vegas and they're talking about this IV hydration thing. I'm like, what, what is this? And then you look at the, you know, the ingredients. You're like, oh, wait, this is like normal saline. This is lactated ringers, you know, or this is a banana bag, right? Like, wh- like what is what is it about IV hydration with the general public that is so attractive? Why why, why is that? Like, let's talk about the, the conscious part of that. Sure. Yeah. All right. So the first of all, there's three things, man. One is the lucrativeness of it, right? Two, water-soluble vitamins last longer in the IV versus when you ingest it. You know, when you take vitamin C by mouth, you know, you got to go through the gut, X, Y, Z, right? But if you put it straight into the bloodstream, uh, the idea is that, you know, you get the effects a lot faster, right? And then the third thing, people feel better when they have a medical professional doing things for them. That's there you go. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So this this started what? What? like late 2000s or early in this in this decade or excuse oh, me, like the last decade when, when did all this, this stuff start? This, this went back all the way back to the myers cocktail i think dr myra was actually here in baltimore and his uh what he did was he like pioneered this like high dose vitamin c bag for his patients and uh so it was supposed to do a few things it was supposed to help with wellness uh it was supposed to help people that work out a lot like upper airway relaxation it was just like cure all kind of like cocktail bag at first it was like you know science is wonderful invention and then of course you know in medicine everything is researched and then phased out because somebody walks in and say oh no that guy's a quack that shit ain't right and then shut it down and then we start to move around so just like things you know all things that happened in the past is cyclical if we don't learn from them or if we don't use them again so sometimes that research comes back into favor and you know, we just start opening up these drip bars. It became popular. Uh, I would say it became popular again in the 2000s. And uh, when everybody seen one, how easy it was to open and two, how profitable profitable it could be. Like, all right. I mean, let's just be honest, right? When you go well, to the hospital. But from a, from a uh, patient standpoint, like it seems like it's obviously one of those things that if you got a lot of money or if you have a lot of disposable income, it makes a lot of sense. Um, particularly if, you know, you're in Vegas or, you know, whatever it may be, you're a high achieving individual, maybe you feel quote unquote dehydrated and so forth. Like, or even if you're a health nut or or athlete, you know? So another thing, like, you know, we got a big sports team here, Baltimore Ravens or the Baltimore Orioles, right? A lot of those athletes, they, they used to that kind of treatment, right? They used to having that treatment for them. Like somebody come out to me and provide this treatment. I've been, I've been like, you know, I've been hitting the ball. I've been performing at peak 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 uh, p- uh condition and i want to have these electrolytes replaced how, how or, long does it take what's it like some let's say someone calls you and you come to their house like talk to me from the start to the finish what does it do like they, you get to the house what do you do sure so from start to finish so uh usually what'll happen is i'll get a call it'll say hey you know i want to i want to get an iv or you, you pick your choice xyz so basically i'll just walk a patient through their choices of what they can do so uh, from there, I kind of just I have all of my supplies already loaded and ready to go. That is just like base camp. I just I got my gold bag, like old school doctors from the 1930s okay. when they do house calls. I have my gold bag. I, I got all of my ingredients. Uh, I just grabbed my ingredient bag out the refrigerator. I have all of my supplies already laid out. Um, 
poles, normal saline, IV kits, uh, syringes, needles, all that fun stuff. And so uh, your your IVs are already pre-made already or you're making it based off of what they say? You know, the fun stuff is I make it in front of the patients and they usually... Oh, okay. Makes sense. So, okay. I mean, I'm, so basically we'll have an idea of what we want. Like, so say somebody wants an energy bag, right? So basically what I'll do is I'll come in with some taurine. I'll have some B12. Uh, you know, I'll you don't put no dopamine in there and all that. Nah, man, I don't go that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you said energy. I'm just, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Go I ahead. hook them up, man. I hook them up. I hook them up. <laughs> you know, after you know, I always tell patients like after you get this B12, you're going to get some really, really good rest. And, you know, B12 is good for nerve conduction. Once you, once you hit the patient with B12, you know, they get really relaxed, and most of the time they fall asleep in the middle of the drip. Uh. It, you know, from start to finish, I would say the process is maybe about an hour and a half uh, mm, okay. like with, with commute uh, IV insertion. The bag itself is about 45 minutes to run if the if it's able to run wide open. This no is problem. one liter. This is uh, it goes from a liter to like a half a liter. So like 500 okay. ml or like a liter. It depends on how much time the patient has. So if the patient has a lot of time, you know, we can we can run a liter. You know, we can we can upcharge, run the leader, put what you want in there, call it a day. If you don't, if you don't have a lot of time, we can just do 500 mLs, uh, put the ingredients in, and run it. So everybody has a different preference. Everybody has a different need. Some people say, "Hey, I've been feeling sick." You know, you got like a wellness. You know, we you can easily just hit somebody with some vitamin C and some zinc, and they feel good as new. I mean, let's be honest. You know, when you give somebody a liter of fluids, you know, everybody feels good after that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you put vitamins in, I mean, there are true benefits to this. You know, like I've done it. I've done it with myself. I've done it with my wife. You know, when she felt sick, I've hooked her up. Um, even with like people who are drunk, you know, when they're trying to get sober, <laughs> you know, hooking them up to a banana bag will change their day, man. You know, I've had I've had plenty of people call me after they got drunk. And I've like, definitely seen the resident who comes in the next morning, um, with GI symptoms because they had the the flu and they got IV fluids and they were a- obviously able to finish the beginning and the rest of their shift. Um, but yeah, you know, because they were they were sick, you know, so. So definitely, it, it definitely works. So during that hour, that forty-five minutes, what are you doing for that person? Are you just are you monitoring them, or are you just you just sitting there watching them, or? So I mean, in that process, uh, I monitor them, uh, but also in that same time, you know, I I try to pitch, you know, not pitch, but like I talk to them about the other things that I do, because most of the time when somebody hear about you from somebody else, it's all good word of mouth, right? Most of the time when somebody hears about you. They're like, oh, well, that's the IV hydration person. But, oh, but you don't know, like, hey, I do COVID testing. I do uh, telemedicine. I do primary care. I do concierge medicine. You know, any question you got, anything that you need done, you know, give me 24 to 48 hours. I can make it happen. You know what I mean? So m- most of the time I'm talking to them about my services, what I do, or just like kind of discussing their health and seeing, you know, how I can help get them to the next level of their journey. So it's never just, uh, it's never just, you know, me sitting there being awkward and quiet, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I get my ABHs on, always be hustling. <laughs> always be hustling. Okay. I got you. But like, but you're not like, um, like monitoring vitals or there's no need to basically what you're saying. No, no. Okay. I mean, not, I mean, of course we pre-screen these patients, you know, we we're looking for, you know, whether they have any kind of allergies, whether they have a history of hypertension or like volume overload, heart right. failure. That's what I was going to ask, like CHF or kidney issues or something. Yeah, nah, well, we just, we don't, we don't, nah, we gotta, we gotta screen that properly. That's okay. crazy. I, I can't imagine going to somebody's house and not knowing what's going on with their health condition and being like, oh, oh my bad, I gotta leave, but I cannot keep part of the money, you know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and nah, this, so we, 
Go ahead, please go ahead. No, I was gonna say we screen for multiple factors. You know, we we try to make sure these patients don't have like uh, any kidney injury or like uh, I mean, well, we we help with kidney injury, but we try not we try to make sure they don't have any chronic kidney disease or any like volume overload because you, you know you never want to come over there and cause like you know any like flash pulmonary edema or like volume overload. And these patients start to you know get really wheezy while they sitting there and puff up like a puffer fish. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I mean that's that's. Frothy. Exactly, you know, pink frothy lips, and they're just looking at you like it's so good, it feels good. Like, no. <laughs> so, so, at, so at the end, is that where the exchange is? Like, is, is do they prepay or do you pay? Do they pay afterwards? Oh no, they prepay, man. They prepay. I, okay. I, I, I'm from Baltimore, man. You don't ever do nothing until you get paid. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Don't get I got the wrong you. Line. Same time, same time, or even before. Nah, man, I, I got you like you. that. <laughs> <laughs> So most of the, most of the time, how it works is um, we send out the invoice before the service is actually executed. You know, so I mean, just like anything, you know, just like before you go pick something up from Crate and Barrel or before you get your Uber Eats, you pay, right? Right. So you know, it's not like a it's not like a traditional hospital exchange. Like most people go to the hospital and they don't pay anything; they just kind of go there, sit in the bed, get their help. And, you know, when it's all done and they get discharged, they just leave. There's nobody coming in with a swipe card like, hey, yeah, 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 run your checkup. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. No. Like, so, I mean, in this case, it's a little bit of a different model from the average medicine thought process. But this is also why the entrepreneur thought process is, like, very important. Because it's been times where, you know, it, it'll kick in, like, me as a hospitalist and be like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll take care of that, blah, blah, blah. And then I just hang on the phone. I'm like, shit, I forgot to tell them to pay Right. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to set that. You don't want to set that precedent. Right. Exactly. Because then they'll then, then when you show up, they're like trying to give you the insurance information. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not how that works. Got you. Now, what about like outside of just IV infusions? Do you do? Oh, sorry. Um, like <clears throat> like the, uh, you know, infusions for energy, the infusions for if you're hungover, the infusions for if you feel a little bit under the weather. Do you do any infusions for like antibiotics, um, oncology, anything like that? Any of like the the true medical things that like need a prescription or things like that? Sure. So I don't I don't do too much onc stuff. I leave that mm-hmm. to the oncologist. Um, I do for uh, anemia. Like I'll do like uh, ferric gluconate for those patients. Um, I can do I do antibiotics with my concierge patients. So basically you just got I have a great supplier. Um shout out to Henry Shine. They they out in Columbia here in Maryland. Um and if I need anything, I reach out to my rep, like say, say I want to do some ceftriaxone for a patient. Uh I just I order the ceftriaxone, hook it up to the bag, and I just run it for the patient. I put it in the mini bag. Or if I do it for a gluconate, shout out to Henry Shine again, call him up, order it, I have it at my door. I have it at my office door within like 24 or 48 hours and I, I have my patient hooked up prior to that. See, that's when we get into the more extensive things, right? So prior to that, that's more of the primary care side. So what I'll do is I'll have this patient, I'll reach out to this patient maybe about 48 hours prior and say, hey, listen, I need you to go to the lab to get this checked out. Or if they have time, I'll personally go over or have one of my employees go over and draw the patient's blood just so we can get a good CBC with platelet count, you know what I mean? Or, you know, get like a CMP just to see where they are with other things. And then once we pinpoint what we need to attack, I'll hook them up to the ferric gluconate. Or even if they have like some other kind of uh, like deficit, you know, I'll see if I can replete it as, as necessary as possible. You know, I don't typically try to put K in a bag, but, you know, if I need to, I'll put some K in there. Or, you know, if we need to do like calcium gluconate, I'll slip some calcium gluconate in a bag. 
How, so, how many infusions do you think you're doing a week? A week? Um, so it, it depends. So what my patients, like in the membership, uh, they have like infusions built into the membership. So it's like up to six a year or like it's up to you. Like some people get them once a month. So if I was to say in a week, I, I would say anywhere between like 15 and 20, just based on that. But, you know, in a membership model, the pay is different, you know. So most of the time when those patients have you, when you have these patients on a membership model, those payments can't come in like once a month, once you run, uh, not payroll, but like once you run all of the invoices in for the patients. I'll, I do it once a month. So it's always the week before the new week comes in. So before they pay their rent or their mortgage. <laughs> I get my piece. <laughs> you want to get paid first. I got you. I got you. So the the reason why I have you on the show is like this is something that I thought initially was just for nurses, nurse practitioners, no. but you're saying that doctors get involved in this also. So how have you seen doctors get involved in this? A lot of doctors own businesses just like this. They employ the nurses, you know. Um I mean, just think about this, right? When you, when you you're when you about to do surgery, right? Who you see putting the IVs in? You yeah, don't see you the OR the nurses. Pop, right. You don't see the OR nurses popping in. You know, you got the anesthetists coming in and put the IVs in. Um, it's a guy. It's another guy that's doing like um, IV hydration. Uh, I think it's like M, uh, concierge MDLA. It's a, uh, I think it's I think his name is like Abel uh, Mankin or something like that. He has a he has a big like concierge business. This guy's in like ten different states. Um, and it's a lot of space, like just like any other entrepreneurial pursuit, uh, doctors can do it just as well. I think doctors just kind of stick to inpatient medicine. It's already 101 things being thrown at you while you're in the hospital. You know, who wants to go and open another, like, like liability, you know what I mean? But this is, it's not just for nurses, you know, there are, there are doctors that own businesses. It's a few in this area as well. You know, it's not just me. It's another, I think it's a, it's another like physician. His, his business is like mobile IV hydration or something like that. And he like, he does the same thing I do. He pull up on patients and drop the IVs and I see him at the festivals when I, like when I'm in like mm-hmm. Fells Point or like, uh, gotcha. or, like the Canton area, he down there, he just networking, you know? So this is me, him, we pull up on the gyms, we pull up on all these different spaces and start talking to these people and say, hey, you know, I see you work out a lot. I see you, you know, I see you do these different things. This is the perfect opportunity to try to enhance your wellness or keep you at tip top shape or keep you at, you know, performance level for what you're about to do next. So, I mean, honestly, so, dr- so drumming up customers is is similar to the old way, right? Like you're networking, but the terminology, maybe the the arena in which you're doing it is a little bit different. Whereas you're trying to cater to the primary care doctors in the traditional sense. Now you're actually going directly to the cus- consumer and saying, Hey, you know, would you consider this service and things yeah. like that? Right. Well, you know, with the invention of social media and, and medicine being so different, right? Like we no longer have to go to an advertising agency to get to the customer, right? We no longer have to walk through a hospital administrator to get to the customer. We can walk straight to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you got, you can walk up to your device, hold it up in front of your face and start talking your game. It's, it's so much easier now. Or even still, if you want to run ads, you can you can hop on Google running ads on Google for a business is like 15, 15 cent per view. Mm. It's cheap as hell. It's better than uh, Facebook uh, ads. Facebook ads are ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's, ex- it's very expensive for Facebook. Very expensive. I, I recently, feel like I should have listened to Gary Vee and did it like years ago, but I <laughs> never. Oh man, Gary I never v. listened to Gary Vee. Right, <laughs> garage sales, man. It's all in yeah. the garage sales. Yeah, yeah, man. So what what are we talking about in terms of like 
money and um, you know how people pay and so forth. Like, how much does an IV bag make, or how much does an IV, IV bag cost? And then go, sure. we'll take it from there. Sure, I mean, I mean the ranges, the the ranges of how much it costs to make, or just how much it costs to, to the patient. Um, both. All right, so if it, whatever you want to re- reveal, I'll leave it to you like that. Okay, let, let's reveal the cost of it all. Uh, so, like, bags can range anywhere between like one fifty to like two twenty five, right? This is how much so, you're buying it for, or how much you're charging. How much I'm charging? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, of course, you know, there is a percentage built in uh, for profit. You know what I mean? Of course. I mean, come on. This is yeah. We we definitely get that. You got to make some money on this. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, when you go to the hospital and sit in the ED, they charge you like 120 something for a, a bag of just regular normal saline. Let's right. be real, man. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if we break down the cost of the actual bag of normal saline cost from a supplier, it's a whole lot different. I would say hospitals hit you with a 10x markup. So, I mean, if you can get a regular bag of normal saline for like $15, right, and they're charging you 120 something dollars just for that bag, just for you to sit there and occupy that bed, you know, me adding, me adding vitamins that I paid for, you know, or, or like whatever proprietary mix that I decide to release to the patient, you know, I mean, I'm at least, I don't know, maybe like two times, you know, at best you know, after all of the mix-ins and, you know, IV supplies and things of that nature. But it also depends on, you know, what it is I'm doing. So, all right, this is it. Ferret gluconate is a lot more expensive to, you know, give to a patient. So that's something that that profit margin is a little bit thinner, but it's a lot more helpful to the patient, you know, versus me just saying, hey, here's some regular salt water. You know what I mean? So the ferrous gluconate and like those things, the antibiotics and so forth, wouldn't that just be covered by insurance or people pay out of pocket for that also? If I'm coming, they're paying out of pocket. I mean, if you go into a hospital to get it done, of course, insurance will cover it, right? But, you know, if I'm coming to you and, you know, and doing this in the comfort of your own home, uh, my primary target in that area or like high network professionals, entrepreneurs, people who never really usually have that time to get things done, right? So uh, I have healthcare professionals that are my clients as well. I mean, honestly, who had, when's the last time you've been to your primary care doctor? Uh, Well, last year, yeah. Yeah, it's, about, it's, it's it's getting to the point where I need to go back. Yeah, exactly. But how many hoops did you have to jump through? Well, you, you're a little bit different. You you your schedule a little more freer. But yeah. you know, the average medical professional, how many hoops do they have to jump through right. just to get a day off? You know, you got to you got to get it approved, or you got to cancel a surgery. You got to move a schedule here, there. You got to cancel some clients. You know, you you gotta you gotta give your pound of flesh to actually get a day off of work, right? So. Who would pay for convenience? Anybody who can, you know, use it at the same time. Yeah, people have disposable income, yeah. Yeah, the same reason we pay for people to come clean our house. The same reason we outsource work in America to China, you know. Cheaper, uh, you know, it's a better option. How much is your time worth versus, you know, you going and sitting sitting in a waiting room with 30 other people for an hour and a half? You know what I mean? So, And you're not even sure you can even get that IV because, you know, like the person... The medical professional that you're going to speak to may just be like, well, you know, like you're good. Just drink some water. You'll be good. You know, exactly. so you don't even know if you're necessarily going to get that. So um, to start this practice, to start this portion, like the IV hydration, did you have to do anything different? Did you have to get certain certifications? Did you have to take any classes? Do you have to get a certain type of medical malpractice? Explain that part to us. So, yes, you do have to get medical malpractice. That is like number one. So is it is it the medical malpractice that you already use or is it a different type of malpractice? Oh, is it so it's a different kind. I, I know it's the kind that I use. But like when I opened my practice, I had to get malpractice and I put that under the banner. 
So usually when you get your malpractice, they say, hey, what services are you providing? Mm-hmm. That was one of the services I specifically listed under my banner. But listen, man, you don't do shit without insurance. Because right. it'd be that one time you're at somebody's house and you fall with a, with a damn IV in your hand, you stab them in the, in the arm or some shit. And, you know. <laughs> Let's hope that never you, happens, but it, it could. Like, yeah. Damages from, you right. know, they went 30 grand because they got poked and he had a little drop of blood, you know, but number one, insurance is a huge, huge, uh, a huge thing that you need to get into. Um, number two, you need a great supplier. Um, you cannot do shit without a supplier. Like we, you can't pull it out of thin air. We're not sucking oxygen out the ozone layer. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, so you need a good supplier <laughs> where you can get your stuff from. <laughs> okay. So how do you, how do you find a supply? So these are the persons who's, who's like you, buy like ivy bags and ivy fluids from and so forth i mean honestly um some of the best suppliers are compound and pharmacies compound and pharmacies um like one one uh, i think olympia pharmacy is huge or like empower pharmacy so compound and pharmacies are going to be a best friend in this line of work um and uh, a lot of people kind of overlook them because they don't typically use compounded pharmacies. A lot of people would just order it to your local CVS and say, hey, good luck. You know, hung made a up. Compounding, a compounding pharmacy. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Never. So these, these are like the specialty pharmacies? Yes. So these, okay. are special, these are specialty pharmacies that people utilize to get certain things. Like, you know, my compounded pharmacy network is so good, man. Like if somebody wants like, uh, like Viagra in the shape of a hall, like one of those throat lozenges. I can just call them and have it ordered to the patient's door. Wait, you know what? I mean? Yeah, they call it a troke. They call it a they call it a troke, and it, basically it's just like a little hall shaped thing, like a square shape. Wait, wait, are you serious? So people, so these pharmacies can take, they could change the context or the the what's the word I want to use? They can change the way in which oral medications are given, just to make make it more pleasing, I guess, or yeah make it easier I'll, to take I'll, I'll tell you man i had a i so in the concierge business man you run across some interesting people and i had a patient who hated swallowing pills and he would always tell, i thought he was joking at first he was like i hate swallowing pills i never want to swallow a pill again i'd rather it be liquid or something that melts on my tongue and he calls me he's like hey man i i need i want to get xyz right I was wondering if you could get it delivered to me discreetly. Viagra? <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh-huh. he was like, hey, I want to I get Viagra. Can you get it to me discreetly? And, you know, this guy, this guy is young. He's pretty healthy. And I'm like, I know you don't have, like, pulmonary hypertension, so what's up? And he was like, well, I just I just want to get it to melt on my tongue, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, give me, you know, give me eight hours, right? So I, I call in, talk to the pharmacist, and I say, hey, you know, is this something that you can make happen? And then she was like, yeah, that's easy. I can do that in my sleep. And I'm like, what? How soon can we get it to the patient? Oh, we can have it down 24 hours. Man, when I tell you that this, that I had this medication shipped to this patient within 24 hours, and this man was as happy as a clam because he did not have to swallow a pill so that he can perform. Mm, okay. All right. That's interesting. That makes sense, though. That's customer service right there. <laughs> People, listen, you get what you pay for. You know what I mean. It, so that's that's see that's the thing with concierge medicine. Like, if you just like if you go to the Nike store, right? You want to buy some Jordans, right? If somebody walk out with some shacks, that's a problem, right? <laughs> well, not during my time when I was growing up. I'm I'm older than you, but shacks were the back in the day, the late nineties. Yo, shacks was no. Nah, oh no, not not the Reebok man. joints. I'm talking about the ones they were selling at Walmart when he was on the side of the shoe. You know. <laughs> exactly <laughs> those those 
<laughs> I got you. I got you. When he was trying to make it more, he cost, was trying to make it more profitable, profitable yeah. for everyone. Even like when yeah. Stephon Marbury had his shoes out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get yeah. the Starberries. If you yeah. was, it's a difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a big difference. Like not the what's not, it, like Polo and Ralph Lauren Club or something like that. The difference, yeah, the Polo, the Polo Association versus <laughs> Ralph Lauren. You know, that's got the you. big difference between concierge and like a regular office. And uh, it is funny, man, because I was when I was training um, the doctor that trained me. You know, I love her, Dr. Uh, Dr. Martin Jones. Uh, she was the best man. She taught me everything she knew. And when I told her what I was planning on doing, she looked at me and said, that'll never work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. watch this. Watch this. Yeah, okay, so you got you. <laughs> I hit her with it. Um, I mean, we, we still laugh about it to this day, but like, she was like, it's not going to work. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to work. Um. So, uh, so, so in terms of like getting started, because we, we did the medical malpractice you definitely need. What about okay. like certifications? Do you have to apply for something to be able to do this or this is this? Is um, just, so, no, I mean, outside of getting like a, you know, a business becoming an EIN, getting an EIN and uh, getting an EIN number, starting a business name, LLC and all those different things like. Yeah. Isn't there like Department of Health? Don't you need to apply to that or no? You need a clinical license. Yes. Okay. Which you already have. Yeah, which I already have. I mean, so, I mean, for me, this was a slam dunk because I, I had already been licensed. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was a nurse, you know? And then after that, I was a nurse practitioner. So I combined all of the certifications that I already earned in the hospital to use it for business. But, you know, same thing with, with doctors, you know, you already have your license, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not good at, if you're not proficient at putting IVs in, you can either, one, learn how to do it, or two, hire somebody to know how to do it. That's the, you know, that's the drip or drown method, you know? What do you say? Is the what? The drip or drown method. Oh, got you. Got you. Okay. You, you, you can figure out how to do that shit, or you can hire somebody else to know how to. Got right? you. So, I mean, honestly, that's the antithesis of any business. If you don't know how to do it, either you learn it or you figure out who you can hire to do it. You know, like I'm not good at marketing. Right. I did it. I did an MBA in operations. I can run a business, but I can't market for squat. So, you know, I I'll either end up I either ended up hiring, like outsourcing, like some of the marketing or, you know, I learned like I learned how to do ads myself in a way. So I learned how to do Facebook ads. I learned how to do Google ads. And uh, for the other like for the other bigger pushes, I hired a marketing team. Like I just started a uh, like I just started a weight loss program uh, using semaglutide uh, for patients. You know, which is huge. You know, everybody can't get access to, you know, semaglutide or, or we go what they call it. Right. If you order, we go before a patient at, you know, at a doctor's office and send them to the pharmacy. All insurances do not approve it. Actually, most insurances do not approve it. The minute they show up to the pharmacy, that pharmacist is going to look them in the eye and say, that'd be a thousand dollars. And wow. then the okay. them like, bro, are you serious? A thousand dollars. But, you know, once again, being able to leverage relationships. Right. You know, I can I can get that at a fraction of the price for the patient, you know, and I can wrap that into a whole program. Like I'll hook you up with a nutritionist, you know, I'll see you, I'll track your weights weekly. I'll get you hooked up in the app. You know, that way we can have a good, like, you know, a good rapport. I'll see this patient weekly. I'll walk you through how to do your injections, things of that nature. And, um, the program so far, you know, it's been decent. You know, I've, I've been having great results with these patients. They've been coming in and losing anywhere between like 10 to 20 pounds after a four week period. But, you know, we go, you know, is known to reduce up to 14.9% 
of a patient's body weight over a 68 week period. You know, the results are just that good. I mean, if I was to compare it, I would say it'd be like a it's a chemical version of a gastric bypass without the surgery. Mm, gotcha. You know? Got you. So, okay. So the key is making sure you're you're having these type of relationships with pharmacies. Um, yeah. As well as developing uh, trust in the public in you by marketing very well yes. um, and so forth. And I, I think you said you have one doctor or there is one doctor who, you know, who's working in like 10 different states and so forth. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. So like but what about other nurse practitioners? Are there nurse practitioners who are expanding like this also? Like, yes, yes. There are. Okay. So there are other nurse practitioners, man. Actually, it's a huge network. You I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised that like it's not some kind of like black docs, black NP mashup network mm -hmm. going on right now, because honestly, I like like I, I, Instagram has like a whole like community of like nursepreneurs that are out here doing different things. Like we got people out here doing opening up, uh, open up lab testing centers. We got people out here doing like drip bars and like med spas, like um, one of the one of the two of the bigger like like names down like in my area like quench they're doing like well it's it's like a couple of quenches but like it's a quench here in baltimore they're doing like med spa so they're getting patients and they're doing like facial injections lip fillers they're doing like drips while they're there like it's super really cool. wow man wow. like it, it's uh it, i think the nurse practitioner group they they're huge um they do like a whole bunch of different like 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 staffing and uh let's see who else like it's dude it's so much it's like telehealth telehealth uh nps it's like locum mps that's doing locums mm -hmm. and practices like that and uh they're traveling around the world like dude it's a whole network and what, I'm what, what, what's what's the spot that let's say for example we got um um like we got a doc who's listening right now and they're like man like i like what theo is saying but like is there a spot where i could go to learn about all this stuff like, is there a place that you went and, and got this information from or? Honestly, man, like I said, drip a drown method, man. I figured <laughs> okay. I, I, right. I figured it out. I mean, there are, there are courses. Um, I mean, are, but you got to pick the right one. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is difficult to, to point, pinpoint my finger on any one course because I haven't taken them, but you know, you know, every day you go online, you see new things. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You there see are, that popping up. You see it pop up. There are there are courses, um, but you know, it, are are people willing to pay five six thousand dollars? Oh, that's how much it costs. So it's a high ticket item. Bro, it's high ticket, man. These people like these coaching programs. I I, I know you see those ads where people say, "I scale my coaching program to a million dollars a year." Blah blah blah. Because they're selling like five to ten thousand dollar classes to people, right? But I mean, let's be honest. Like, where are some of these people really making the money from? Are they making the money from actually doing the IVs, or are they making it from the coaching of other people to do the IVs? So, uh, you know, that, that's the chicken or the egg kind of thing that you get in that dilemma. You know, mm. so do you, do you, do you think? Do you think like like a doc could like just be have a lucrative business just doing, or even a nurse, nurse practitioner, excuse me, can do this just based off of just IV hydration alone? Like, if you just went. You know, all we do is IV hydration. Could you support the whole practice or do you think that you have to have obviously multiple eggs in 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 different baskets, basically, so to speak? Depends on your area, man. Um, so Vegas, yeah. New York, Vegas, yeah. Vegas, yeah, New York, yeah. Like big like big cities where, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, this is the thing. This is it, right? But if you're in a if you're in a smaller market, you're gonna need to be more than a one trick pony, you know? Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, like people think, oh yeah, you gave me a bag. That's it. I felt okay. 
I'm in, I'm in a very where I I live in Jersey, but I practice in a very rural area of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it's like five hours away from here. And I was shocked to find out that there's an IV drip bar there. Which means that, <laughs> which means that there there's gotta be people there with disposable income, right? Who are coming in. The market. It's a right? market. Yeah. It's a market. So like I said, like if you can build loyalty in a customer base, you'll you'll eat for a long time. Right. But if you sow seeds of like, oh, they they're not good or you know, then you won't eat. It's all about who you can draw in and who you can work with. Uh, and, and effective marketing. Marketing is like a really, really sick trick, man. It's a lot of like psychology built into it. Like I'm surprised. <laughs> I think I feel like the CIA had a hand in creating marketing, man. I really do. Like just think about it. Like every day you turn your TV on, you see a burger flipping through the air. What's the first thing you want when lunchtime comes? A burger, yeah. A fucking burger, you know. So same thing with marketing drips or like memberships or things of that nature. One of the biggest membership conglomerates that we see to this day, Netflix, right? Netflix, they they just like out here blowing billions of dollars on content that people go through in one day, but they still keep the membership, right? right. How is that possible? Well, we we got good marketing, right? You know, they like you can watch Stranger Things in like two days, right? All seasons. I mean, if you took, I usually back. try to use somebody else's password. I ain't gonna front you. <laughs> <laughs> if they come down, they start clamping down, cracking down on that. I'll be the first person who they gonna get first because I, I'm using. I am from using my niece's <laughs> login. <laughs> she in college, and I invite them all to my house. Like, hey, why don't you guys watch whatever you want to watch? And I tell them, like, like don't try to log out. Yeah, <laughs> just, just leave it in. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> Amen. Go to Hulu. Go I got to Don't try to log out. All right? <laughs> the frugality of that is amazing. I love it. That is so awesome, dude. That is the cool. I wish I could pull it off, man. I think I'm the I'm the guy. You know that everybody mm-hmm. invites over to log in. I, I, think <laughs> I was looking at my Disney Plus service, and I was like, where all these other profiles come from? <laughs> you know, my mother, my mother in law, my son got like two profiles. I'm like, who are these people? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm that guy. But, you know, what I'm saying is like, you know, the marketing built behind that, you know, is what keeps people loyal. Like in a small town, man, you got one drip bar, you know, people are going there because they're probably like, oh, my God, this is like the hottest ticket in the sound. You know, mm-hmm. like just like when a new restaurant opened up, everybody wants to try the food. Right. You see, you come by this drip bar and you see it's full. Everybody feels great. I've been dealing with the harsh realities of whatever the hell rural world gives me, and I'm going to go treat myself to a drip just so I can feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's different. It's different ways to approach it. But, you know, if, if you want to come off the bench and open up a drip bar, it's a great start. I mean, the overhead isn't too crazy, you know? Hey, so what, um, what, what we talking about the overhead. What are we talking about? And then let's jump into cons after that, because we talked about all the great things. So let's do yeah. a little bit about the overhead and then let's go into some cons. Are you just like, man, I just I, I don't like this about this business, but sure. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, OK, so overhead. So overhead changes. So whether you have like an in-person physical bar, of course, overhead would include an office space. In, in practice area, right? Uh, it'll include employees to kind of run the front desk. Uh, it'll include uh, it'll include supplies, the poles, chairs, drips, um, whatever like beautiful layout you're gonna put in the lobby, whether it be a TV, chairs, massage chairs, or even if you cut the sound system down to give them a little like zen like feel in the uh, in the waiting area, mm-hmm. so they can get comfortable. I mean, honestly, overhead like opening up 
Uh, if it's two months, I mean, honestly, opening up, it would probably run you like maybe 50 just to try to get everything running. So that's like two months, two months on your lease. Um, that's all your supplies. That's hiring and paying people for the first maybe like two to three months plus marketing budget. Marketing budget should be a decent amount. I would say at least maybe like 30% of your budget. You should like run it on marketing because like nobody's going to know who the hell you are. So how are you going to know to come to your business? Mm-hmm. You know, you know it, it's kind of like, it's like that paradox, right? You know, if a tree falls if, in the woods and nobody's nobody hears it, it. Yeah. didn't make a sound. Yeah. Don't well, make a sound. It, if you build it, will they come really, you know? Build the dream shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you build it, they will come. But it's not no, true. They won't come. They won't Damn. give a shit. You know, whatever hobble the whole year in, you know, they're not. They're gonna walk past and be like, "What the fuck is that?" And then keep going with their day. You know, so you need to let people know. You know, Kojito Urkel, some. You know, I I exist. You know, mm-hmm. so get them in there. Um, so I would say to take about fifty if you do like a physical practice. Now, if you do like a concierge flexible model, um, I would say start up with just maybe be like maybe half or or less than that because the only thing you really need to do is buy supplies pay for marketing um and have a square know, card right have a square <laughs> card that's it uh, you know so the brain they're entry. not sponsoring the show guys so i know square holla at me baby I like <laughs> so what do you use who do you use you use as your vendor to like get your your well you don't you get your payments before you get to the house it's still square okay. I, I send the invoice i send my invoices through square okay um which is which has been good to me. Shout out to Jack Dorsey, man. Holla at me. Uh, Cause he, he made a hell of a product there, man. And, and man, I don't know what this, I don't know what kind of stranglehold cash app has on the black community, but like every place that I've been. So what I do, um, another thing that I do, like I do sports physicals for the, you know, the local high schools here. So, I mean, I think I've been to like 10 high schools over the last like two months, getting kids ready for football season and like soccer and volleyball. And, uh, I've been doing like uh, I've been doing these physicals and the kids would be like, you take cash app? And it's like, I'd be like, yeah, I take cash app. And next thing you know, you know, they're just like flooding the cash apps. But every time you see the cash apps flood in, they're taking their percentage off top. You know what I mean? Right. Gotcha. You, gotcha. you get ten, you, you get ten dollars. You know, they're taking like they're taking like 88 cents and you're left mm-hmm. with, you know, whatever's left. Nine dollars and 20 cents, whatever. But they're like racking up so well, like transactions go like that in no time like they're mm-hmm. cleaning up man i mean and these are all you know these are all inner city kids using cash app and they're just like getting their pound of flesh it's so much different from zell or like uh or like um venmo it just seems more like cash app seems more like like predatory yeah predatory but you friendly at the same time yeah because and- it's so easy to use but i have to agree i, I think you know, when I started noticing that my niece, who is just going into college, when she said, hey, can you pay me through Zelle? That's when I was like, oh, I see. Yeah, the fees now are starting to get to, to the young people. They don't want to deal with that. So, yes. but but Zelle has a ways to, because Zelle still, Zelle is not as easy as Cash App. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. not as easy as Venmo. Yeah. See, see, Zelle, you have to, like, it takes a, like, a degree of, like, bank establishment for Zelle, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like you know, you can't just like download Zelle on your own and be like, all right, I'm going to use Zelle. No, you have to have a bank account at an established bank. See, like Cash App itself is the bank, if that makes right. sense. Right. So you, you you put money in your Cash App, but you know, for Zelle, you have to have a bank fund in it. So it's different, but the fees are different. And you know, 
but you know this is also the same argument with like digital currency right like zell versus bitcoin or like zell versus like i think i'm out on bitcoin now xrp you're out of it i, I think i think i mean I'll, i've always had the plan of you know for every dollar that i have one cent will go into bitcoin Okay. Just so that I can say, hey, listen, if it blows up, then I have something invested into it. And if it falls apart, then it's not going to completely derail my portfolio. So that's where I'm at. I think I'm more a big fan of like blockchain yeah. more so than Bitcoin, um, because I think there's so many different currencies out there. It's just like, well, how do we really know eventually what's going to be the true winner? Right. right. How do we right. really know? I don't know. But I do know the whole blockchain um, idea makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, it's it's benefits in medicine, right? We're talking about the benefits in medicine. We talk about the benefits with um, artwork. We're talking about the benefits in so many different realms that blockchain really can make things better. Yeah. Whereas with the other things, you know, with the cryptocurrency, it just seems more speculative at this moment right now. So I'm not out, but I'm just like, mm, let's see. Let's just watch and wait not and see impressed. what happens. Not impressed. Well, I've I've had it for a while, though. I've had Bitcoin for a long time. Um, my wife is kind of pissed because I don't even know where I keep a lot of it because I had it since like 2012, 2013. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you could be a Bitcoin millionaire. As we <laughs> if I found it and this show stops, you know what happened, right? <laughs> if I start podcasting from Puerto Rico or from uh, anywhere else in any like crazy country, you know what happened. But I don't know. I don't think I have much of it anyway because I used to use it for like – I didn't use it for anything illegal or anything like that, but I, I used it like to get access because I used to download a lot of movies yeah. and I always wanted to get my movies on like digital so that if I wanted to watch movies with the kids or anything like that, we didn't have to use Blu-ray or DVD. So a lot yeah. of these sites to let you download, they would take an exchange of Bitcoin. But this is when, you know, one Bitcoin was like less than a dollar, right? Like this is this is right. nothing, right? So this wasn't anything. So we'll see. Uh it's a it's a great book um that kind of reframed how i thought about cryptocurrency it was it's called bitcoin billionaires and it's the it's the story of the winklevoss twins and how they became oh, yeah, bitcoin yeah. billionaires but the the relevant points that i pulled out of it is that um using using blockchain technology or even bitcoin itself to move money at a matter of seconds versus using a traditional bank which takes two to three days it's so many more it's so much more benefits to it. You know? I get it, but it's just I think the thing that you gotta get people on is that okay, if I give one Bitcoin and I want it to be, you know, if it's worth a dollar, well, I don't want to, you know, transfer something or trade something that the next day maybe two million dollars, right? Like <laughs> that's the one thing that I'm just like, all right, y'all gotta figure this out, right? Because <laughs> like it's like when 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 um Tesla was taking Bitcoin, I'm like, who's the dumbass who's gonna give their Bitcoin to buy a car? When like, you know, the the billion dollars are for dumbasses that gave it to him, right? And which is the reason why he cashed out because he made so he got so much in Bitcoin and then he just sold it immediately before it went down, right? And it's just like, what? I just that's the part that I'm like I'm trying to figure out is like why give if you're gonna do Bitcoin, which is worth let's say sixty thousand dollars at one point. That's not yeah. what it is now. But yeah. then, you know, if it goes up, then you're gonna be mad, right? Because uh, I just gave sixty thousand of Bitcoin. Now it's worth two hundred thousand of Bitcoin. Do, do, do you see what I'm getting? Like, I see what you mean. But that's also like as a business owner, that's the genius aspect of it, right? So I started, <laughs> take, I, I started taking Bitcoin, right? So you know, but then what if you take Bitcoin and then it's like worth fifty cents? And it's like, well, that IV hydration that you did, 
taking see see that's the thing taking bitcoin as a payment it's uh it's a hell of a play it's kind of like a deferred compensation right mm-hmm. so if somebody buy a, mem- a concierge membership right so you say they just say hey i want to buy years of a concierge membership they walk in and say hey can i pay you in six thousand dollars worth of bitcoin today and i know there's a down market I, I, hell yeah pay me yeah because the market's going to go up right like you when you if you're looking at the cycle of any chart of any like speculative uh or like any like derivative right you see the you see the cycles so right now if we're in a crypto winter it, it's gonna cycle up at some point in the next two to three years right so just like just like your 401k just like your pension right same thing you go through cycles of down and up so if you're taking this care if you're taking this bitcoin as a form of compensation and you know you still got other income streams coming in you know you can easily you know cash that out just like elon musk did you know because when he took that bitcoin i'm pretty sure that bitcoin wasn't worth i think he i think uh i think if i'm correct the bottom line elon musk cash out on bitcoin was the 3.9 billion dollars right which is a that's a fucking steal you feel 3.9 billion dollars for some cars that you plug into the wall like a car like a phone you feel me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i got an electric car and i'm just like you got you got a marquee right yeah, I got a mock you. Yeah, man. I watch you on I watch you on Instagram. <laughs> I see you, bro. I see you, bro. <laughs> but, you a know, black one. Yeah. Three three point nine billion fucking dollars, you know, from people who came in and gave him, you know, with the variability of the worth. And and he out here talking about Dogecoin. Fuck that. Three point nine in Bitcoin was more impressive. Right. So I mean, taking Bitcoin as a, a currency for your services is a game changer for a business because it gives you the flexibility to either go up in worth or kind of plateau your worth, if that makes sense. So, I mean, if you, if you, if you take it at a good time and then I don't know, two to three days later, that shit, you know, go up 40 to 50% in worth, you just two X, three X, four X your money in worth by taking that Bitcoin for your service and then selling it at a higher price. But if, if it goes down, dollar, you're taking a dollar, you know, yeah, inflation is like eight point three percent or some shit like that right now. But or bro, it- if that, but bro, if you take that Bitcoin, it go down. Like, let's say you took Bitcoin when it was like forty, and now oh. it's like, all right, it, it, you took it at forty, it went down to like twenty something, right? But you don't lose until you sell. To be honest with you, right? But how you gonna eat? How you got you, you got other streams? Of, you, <laughs> cash, man. I got listen, you. I got you. I'm messing you never with take you. a listen. Never take a hundred percent of anything. I don't. I don't give a fuck what's on that plate. You never eat a hundred percent chicken for dinner, right? You never no, you eat hundred percent vegetables for dinner, right? You, you put a you put a protein. You put a veggie. I don't know. You throw a starch on there, whatever you want. As long as you got a well portioned plate, you can still eat. You know. Okay. All right, I I like the way you think about things. We still got to talk about this on another episode. Let's let's jump in real quick to the cons. Okay, the IV um, hydration game. Let's talk right. about that. All right, so there's a lot of potential to lose money in the IV hydration game, right? Uh, one, if you're in an area that's oversaturated, you're going to lose money because whoever is the more dominant player with more competitive pricing will always take you off the table, right? So always do your market research and make sure you're not in an oversaturated area. Mm-hmm. You, if it takes too long to acquire customers, your stock can go bad. Uh, you oh, literally, yeah, I didn't even think about yeah, that. How long do these IV bags last? Like, don't they last a long time? I think you get like a maybe like a year or some change on it. It depends. Gotcha. But like, you know, people order stuff at different times. That you know, when the prices is good, sometimes when you distribute and run in a sale, you like shit. I want to get in on this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, it, like if your supplies expire, you take a loss. 
Wow, you know that's a hard that's a hard pill to swallow. You mm-hmm. throwing away some, you know, you throwing away something that you paid, you know, X Y Z for. So you like every bag you throw away, you just counting it like, man, that's twenty dollars here, thirty dollars there, forty dollars here, you know. Or even if the the medication or the vitamins that you get, even if that expires, you know, or or if it gets left out too long by the delivery people, you know, that's a loss. You know, it it is some upside to take some losses in this, uh, you know, based on supplies, right? Mm-hmm. Also, um, clinical waste, right? That's a huge con, right? So you you go see a patient and they they got like spider veins, right? It, you, it, when you call them and, they, and you say, "Hey, how are your veins?" and they say, eh, "They okay," and then you get there and they be like, "Oh, I lied. You know, I got poor veins." You know, and you're just like digging through somebody's arm. You know, you're going through catheter after catheter. You know, trying to get a you know get an IV, and this patient is just like, "I'm sorry." You know, it's just like you wait. You, I don't know. IVs, I think they're like 20 beans, like 20 bucks. A box of IVs is expensive, man. I think people overlook that. Mm-hmm. Those those little butterfly catheters that y'all mm-hmm. get in your arms at the hospital, man. Those things are expensive when you buy them outside the hospital. Okay. We take that for now granted. You talking, now you're talking. Okay. Because we can literally walk, man. We can walk into it. Like, like when we in the clinical setting, we can literally walk into a supply room, get grab about three or four of them things and go sit at the bedside and say, nope, didn't work. Nope, didn't work. Nope, didn't work. But as a business owner, you're like, shit, that's forty dollars. Shit, that's sixty. Yeah, I see how you think about it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So that that's why you know they started after a while. They started changing the pixies. The pix. Well, is it pixie? (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. The uh, after a while started to change the way they count the inventory in the hospitals, right? So I was I was at one of the biggest institutions here, right? Um, Hopkins, right? I was doing trauma surgery, and trauma surgery you go through a lot of shit, right? Yeah. You go through, you know, you go through suctions, you go through, you know, stitches, you know, you get you get all of these different things in this combination, right? All into this big beautiful mess. But you know, at the end of the case, how are we counting what we used? How are we saying, you know? How much are we going to build this man's insurance? Because they used, you know, a whole rack of supplies, right? So when you when you pull these supplies off the shelf, there's a, a logistic system where you can pretty much just like scan how much is being expended, right? And after the case is over, you know, as a as a circulator, you have to add up everything that was used. You know, it's like a little click, one, two, three, one, two, three, right? And you bill it to that patient. Um, same thing, man. Uh, in a in a real life setting, you gotta assign a fixed dollar value for everything that you use. How much does it cost to acquire a customer? How much does it cost to cater to the customer? And how much does it cost to um keep the customer? So um, to acquire a customer, sometimes it can be fifty dollars, or it could be twenty dollars a customer. It could be less, right? Because like everybody needs a hook. What kind of advertisement did they find you? Or if you're lucky enough to have a good referral network, free, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, somebody I've been in business for like four years. So, you know, every once in a while, somebody will say, hey, you know, Theo, he he does this. And, you know, it'd be like, hey, you know, X, Y, Z told me he says you were the person to know. Boom. Free acquisition. Gotcha. So that way, the only thing I need to worry about when I show up is what kind of supplies am I using? So, hey, what kind of drip you want? Well, I want X, Y, Z and I want you to, you know, hang it in a one liter bag. Right. So I don't know anywhere between like 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 supplies can go depending on the visit can go anywhere between 80 80 to 100 dollars right it's just like supplies alone like break, breaking out the ivy bag breaking out the catheter the tubing the 
I guess you can charge for reuse of the pole, but the poles got a cost to it to get the IV poles up. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of potential to lose money doing it, right? If you don't have that mindset that I need to account for everything that I just used. You know, when we go to Starbucks, we don't we we just drink the coffee, you know, but we don't think that the cups, the lids, the sourced coffee all have a cost behind it. So these fixed values are what really kind of drive the logistics of a business like this. So and, that's, need- and, and that's what helps you get to the next level that helps you separate, I'm assuming, from the rest of your competition is the ability to, for you to decrease those costs. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if you listen, same thing with same thing with any other business. If the cost is too great and you're not making profit, what's the point of being in business? It's a hobby at that point. Mm-hmm. So if you can if you can minimize what it costs to actually perform the act that the customer is paying for, or even if you do it efficiently enough that you can do it the first time well, and they never you know they never say, oh my god, it's never happened like this before. You, you do it so well, you know. So you gain a few things out of that. One, you gain the confidence of the customer. Two, you know, you gain their you gain their business. You know, if you can do it right efficiently and have a process to it, that's that is all. You Systems is everything. Systems is everything, man. Systems and man, automation, man. I I, I could I could blow like another two hours on automation alone. So. <laughs> yeah, Theo, man. I wish we had time to get into all of those different things, but it looks as though you know you were able to give us a really good primer on the Ivy hydration game and, sure. you know, for the most part, how lucrative it could be not only for nurse practitioners, but also even for physicians out there who are starting and who are interested in this. And just so y'all know, this is not just for, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners, this is for physicians also, this is for everybody. Everybody can get in on this. Everybody. And that's what we talk about on Docs Outside the Box, how to be and do things non-traditionally. So Theo, if people want to get in, t- in contact with you, let's say people want to take this relationship to a next step, they want to learn more from you, or, you know, maybe someone is in Maryland and they want to hire you for some reason. How do they get in contact with you? Oh man, listen, you, they can, you can reach me. My office number is widely available. Um, uh, 410-999-1742. They can also reach me on Instagram uh, at Weekend White Coat. Um, uh, that was a very uh, unique name, by the way. I get a lot of compliments <laughs> on that. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, they can also reach me, uh, my personal page at College Boy Jones FNP. That's also a good way to reach me. Or if you find yourself on WeekendWhiteCoat.com, just scroll on down to the contact us form and just hit me. I'm always available. That's part of my job. I always got to be available. There it is, guys. That's Theo Jones schooling us on the IV hydration uh, game, so to speak. Make sure you guys follow him. All of those uh, links that he mentioned will be in the show notes. Theo Jones, thank you again for your time, man. We'll catch you on the next one, guys. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Nee, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.